Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Up next, Luna Talks with Anna Paulina Luna, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The hypocrisy of liberal elites has become insufferable. They impose rules and don't follow them, yet lecture and punish Americans who yearn for freedom. All the while, they push this country further towards authoritarianism without having to suffer the consequences of their own ideology. These elites are drunk on power, and it's time for the American people to sober up. This is Luna Talks with Anna Paulina. Welcome back to this Wednesday's episode of Luna Talks with me, your host, Anna Paulina Luna. You know, this past Sunday, I had definitely started to talk about the hypocrisy that we were observing here on our end in regards to President Obama's birthday party, right? We know that there was over 400 people that were invited to attend this event. They had over 200 staff required to work the event. And if you recall, I'd actually read you a response from Obama's spokesperson about his birthday bash that had stated that all guests were asked to be vaccinated. But if you notice, they weren't requiring proof of the vaccination, right? This is meanwhile, at the same time that literally in New York, if you want to engage in normal society, that you literally have to provide the city of New York with papers proving your vaccination, which is completely anti-American. But no sooner did these photos start to resurface literally last night of pictures of people dancing. I think it was a DJ that actually initially posted the first round of photos of the maskless event at Obama's birthday party. But then you had a singer by the name of Erica Badu, and she actually ends up posting a video of Obama dancing on the dance floor. And you can see how many people were attending this event. So literally like the height of hypocrisy is here. And then, you know, on Twitter, you started seeing the Obama variant trending. Well, no sooner does that start to happen. Of course, we see CNN jump to Obama's defense. And what do they say? Well, this is exactly what they said. Uh, other people said, you know, this is really being overblown. They're following all the safety precautions. People are going to sporting events that are bigger than this. This is going to be safe. This is a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. And and this is just about optics. It's not about safety. 
So that was actually from someone who is a White House correspondent. And she's saying that because it was a quote unquote sophisticated and vaccinated crowd, that this was apparently acceptable. But I just read you guys actually in last Sunday's episode, the fact that they requested that they be vaccinated, but they were not asked to provide proof of that. So obviously we have this woman assuming and going to defend the liberal elite and their double standards of privilege that exists. And mind you, this is also the same crowd that likes to push on a regular basis that this society is so apparently systemically racist and this, that, and the other, that there's all this white privilege. Yet these people are literally partying on Martha's Vineyard without masks, without mask mandates, without having to provide proof of vaccination. And somehow it's supposed to be okay because they are sophisticated and quote unquote vaccinated, even though we know that they had actually not required that. So on to the next hypocrisy at the same time that this is happening with President Obama, Dr. Fauci, who everyone loves, just kidding, goes on MSNBC and decides to call out Sturgis. We all know what Sturgis is. I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually had a motorcycle. My husband had a motorcycle. I rode a Ducati, though. He rode a Harley, two very different bikes. But nonetheless, Sturgis Motorcycle Rally is one of those things that everyone who rides a bike knows what it is. And so while this is happening with Obama, Dr. Fauci tries to go on MSNBC and point out that apparently Sturgis is a super spreader event. But out uh, in the plains, in the Great Plains, we have Sturgis, South Dakota, there's going to be there's a gathering right now of some 700,000 people. Last year, it was a smaller turnout. And it was over about 150,000 people, and it and it led to a massive outbreak in the Dakotas, where they became number one and number two uh, for essentially the rest of the calendar year of cases. What do you expect this rally to do to that part of the country? Well, I'm very concerned, Chuck, that we're going to see another surge related to that rally. I mean, to me, it, it's 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 understandable that people want to do the kinds of things they want to do. They want their freedom to do that. But there comes a time when you're dealing with a public health crisis that could involve you, your family, and everyone else, that something supersedes that need to do exactly what you want to do. I mean, you're going to ultimately be able to do that in the future, but let's get this pandemic under control before we start acting like nothing is going on. I mean, something bad is going on. I mean, we've got to realize that. So you have this same incident, same time period, and he's saying nothing about what happened over the past weekend with Obama. And then just now, literally just within the last 24 hours, there's another video that resurfaced of Rashid Tlaib. We all know that she was one of the golden children of Justice for Democrats, that far left progressive organization that runs candidates. That's basically why she got elected. But she's caught on a video at a wedding where there's hundreds of people without a mask dancing and living her best life. So do you start to see how there's literally a hypocrisy and a double standard that exists? The American people are not the people that these Washington elites want to represent. In fact, I would even argue that these people look down on your average blue collar American because we are not a part of that class system. They believe they genuinely believe that they are the ruling class of America. And do you know what they say about representatives and governors that choose to actually fight for their constituents and fight for the, you know, your average American? Listen to this segment that was actually put out by CNN where they talk about apparently naming the new variants of these coronaviruses after Republican legislators. 
girl in Texas, another hard-hit state, had to be flown 150 miles away for treatment because hospital beds are full in her town. People should not have to die so some politicians can own the libs. They're not owning anybody. But they may end up owning the pandemic because they're prolonging it. Perhaps it's time to start naming these new variants that may be coming out after them. Instead of the Delta variant, why not call it the DeSantis variant? We could sell beer koozies that say, don't Florida my Fauci. And use the money to help pay for all of the funerals that will be coming in the days to come. I mean, is that not sick? You hear this and they're actually going on national television and saying this. And what's even worse is these are the same people. For example, look what's happening in California. Now, California is apparently afraid of this new variant. Meanwhile, you have the entire southern border open. And now California is pushing for this massive vote by mail for the Gavin Newsom recall election. Everyone knows. In fact, I have friends that are in California that are Democrats and they don't even like Gavin Newsom because the way that California handled the initial pandemic was awful. The way that New York and Cuomo handled the initial pandemic was awful. And yet you had Governor DeSantis, who kept Florida's economy open, who literally put and prioritized nursing home patients and also to the older community. He knew exactly where the priority was, and that was with essentially protecting the elderly. And he did an incredible job. And yet you have them now attacking these governors because they're saying that it's politically motivated. It's not politically motivated. We just understand how it works with putting the local governments and putting those people that understand their states better and not having a one size fits all approach, which we know does not work. The last thing that you want to do is put your health and the health of your state and your state's economy in the hands of the federal government, especially with how dysfunctional everything is currently working. So I wanted to bring someone in, someone that I had the opportunity of meeting several years ago. Her name is Kaya Jones. Kaya Jones was a former member of the Pussycat Dolls, which is a girl band. She's been nominated for Grammys. But the reason why I wanted to bring her on is because I think it's important, especially right now with what you just had recently happen with Cuomo and how many celebrities jumped on the bandwagon to push the Democrat talking points that apparently Cuomo was, quote unquote, the best governor that New York ever had, apparently. You know, all of these perspectives that were just parroted out of Hollywood are the same things that we're seeing now with the Biden-Harris administration and the same things that we saw recently over this past weekend with the Obama hypocrisy and the Delta variant hypocrisy. So I wanted to bring her in to provide you some perspective and insight about, one, not only why she left Hollywood, okay? This woman gave up an incredible career in Hollywood to basically give her heart to God and to really help own and and encourage the conservative movement and to show the hypocrisy of what exists in our country. And so she's going to be joining us right after this short break. Sit tight and we'll be right back. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The 
biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. So, Kaya, thank you so much for joining us today on Luna Talks. You've been not only my friend for the last couple of years, but such a strong voice within the conservative movement. I mean, your story's incredible. You basically left Hollywood and now are on fire for God. Can you tell us a little bit about why? I mean, like, who are you? What is your story? Lay it on us thick. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy to, to actually even answer that because I feel I've had so many chapters. Um, I started in music when I was 12 years old. I signed my first modeling contract when I was nine, uh, signed my first music contract at 12, did a Polish pop record with a Polish pop star. His lead singer leaves to go on tour with Tina Turner. I enter in it wasn't really for me. Enjoyed the time. The deal was I do your album. You do my demo. He wanted to do another album. And I was like, no, I got to get out. I got to get my wings ready for like, you know, mainstream music in America. That's what I wanted to do. And so I then auditioned. I signed with R Kelly. I always slate this because there's stuff going on with him right now. He was never inappropriate with me. Never. Okay. Hand to God, never inappropriate. Worked with him for two years. Uh, Aaliyah died August 22nd, 9-11 happened. And pretty much I and everyone that was signed to him was put on pause. So from there, I couldn't get signed. I couldn't get out of my deal. And that's pretty much how Kaya Jones was born. Uh, then I renamed myself because I had to get out of a record contract. That's <laughs> how it all happened. Kind of like the artist formerly known as Prince and went to Capitol Records sang at Capitol for the vice president and the president, um, who at the time was Andy Slater and Julian Raymond. Uh, they signed me to a development deal as a punk rock artist, which I definitely was not. I was coming from the world of R&B and R. Kelly and live instrumentation. And this was live instrumentation, but a lot of screaming. What is live and instrumentation real quick? What is that? Is that just me? Like a live... Oh. Um, like piano or guitar or any of that, okay. a band, a band, because now everything's done to tracks, right? So, uh, most beats are, you know, fabricated from a computer. They're not actually properly produced with real instruments. That's not to say that you can't bring those in, but it's a, it's a dying art form that is actually the most beautiful art form. Um, so that taught me a lot. I ended up meeting Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols, who gave me the name Jones. That's how Kaya then Jones was born. Because I love I'm that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who can say a Sex Pistol name them? You know, you're 16, you're singing punk rock music. And I was like, that's cool. Um, but again, it was not the right fit. Left Capital, auditioned for the Pussycat Dolls. I was 17. Out of 2,000 girls, they got us down to 200, to 40, to 20, to 2, which was myself and Melody Thornton. And then they had another audition with an additional thousands of girls down to three girls. Um, And Nicole was part of that. And then the five of us then did industry-only audition, which was pretty much what we thought were managers, agents, producers. It ended up being most of the bigwigs in the industry, like Bono, 
from you too. Bon Jovi, Gwen Stefani, JC Chazé, 50 Cent Eve, all of that. They then picked who then became the final three inducting us into the Pussycat Dolls. So ultimately you basically are the best of the best when it comes to talent, because you had to go through that entire process. Segue into what happened with why you left the Pussycat Dolls. Cause most yeah. young women would be like, okay, I've made it. I'm in Hollywood. I'm on the red carpet. Why did you leave? Yeah. Well, it wasn't what it was cracked up to be. I think that's the thing that breaks anyone in any profession is you have this idea, you know, I wanted to join the Spice Girls. I was like big Spice Girl fan. That was, <laughs> that was our generation. Our yep. time. And, you know what I mean? And it wasn't a group format. It started to become something else and it was inappropriate. And uh, the pay was really, really low to the point where you were almost enslaved to the abuse, whether that be the physical, emotional, mental, for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be speaking a lot more about what took place um, because my journey has come to this point where I now talk about God and and how much he saved my life. Um, there were hard moments where I wanted to take my life. Didn't think that I could continue in that group. It was that serious. It wasn't a, oh, this is just no big deal. A lot of what you see going on with Britney Spears, I already lived it. Um, and it wasn't from a family member. It was from the institution I was a part of. So that was very hard and difficult. I had to find a way out and that was even harder was how am I going to get out of this mess that I'm in? Uh, still hold integrity, be taken seriously, and ultimately be able to perform again because you're part of the biggest company in the planet in the music industry. You're part of a $13 million record contract. You can't just walk away and there are no ramifications. So that was a lot of my fears. And at the time I was dating a Backstreet Boy. So it, it, <laughs> yeah, it it's a lot. I've shared some of it. People have seen my tweets when I've spoken out about certain things. Um, because I lived it and our industry is very difficult. Um, it's a lot of facade and unfortunately it's turned into something that has allowed young women to sexualize themselves to the point of no return. There is no end to it. Um, and I knew that I, I could foresee that, uh, the two little girls that inspired the moment was I was performing at MGM grand garden in Vegas and <laughs> We were doing Divas Live. It was going out to, to 23 million people on BH1. There were 25,000 people in house. And I'm, you know, Patty LaBelle singing on stage. I'm coming through the audience as, and some of the dolls were coming up on risers. Myself and Melody were coming through the aisles. And there's these two little girls in the front row and had to have been like four, maybe six or seven with their parents. And the little one, the baby turns up, you know, looking at me and she's like, oh, she's a pussycat doll. And what people didn't know is I was told to have an abortion. I was losing my child right then and there. Oh. Um, so that was a lot to process that a child would be the one to jolt my heart. And the, the moment of like, you know, your moment in your career where you're like, wow, I've made it. Um, I didn't, I couldn't do this. I couldn't now continue this journey, which was a horrible perpetual cycle of abuse, mistreatment, um, unhappiness, unwell, spiritually, mentally, all of the above physically, and projects this to children that this is what fame and fortune and beauty and everything you want is because we were completely 
ugly in that moment. There was nothing beautiful about what we had become. So that was the aha moment. Then it was, how am I going to do this? And then from there, moving forward and doing it. And, you know, then that not being easy, going into dance music and people still wanting me to perform the Pussycat Doll stuff um, and having to make a living doing that. And then ultimately gaining a voice big enough to say, I'm a conservative. I am a Christian. I love the Lord. I want to sing for him. Um, I agree with our constitution. I love it. I agree with uh, this guy that's championing for America. Um, Who is the guy? It was Donald Trump. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody, everybody gave me a lot of flack and, and then I was canceled. So I went from, you know, opening as a DJ for Calvin Harris on, you know, January 1st. So New Year's Eve, you know, uh, Caesar's Palace, uh, Backstreet Boys, myself, Calvin Harris are on the bill. Um, a month later, I come out as a Trump supporter and I couldn't get a job. And that was the end of that. So basically, because of the fact that you were owning your value system, which is basically the entire yeah. reason why we're the United States of America, for, <laughs> for people to have and be able to have that freedom of the differing opinion, yeah, you were basically canceled. Canceled. So I want to actually get into real quick about how Hollywood is really promoting a leftist agenda and really how woke, quote unquote, woke Hollywood is. But we have to take a quick commercial break. So everyone sit tight. We're going to be right back after this short break with Kaya Jones, former singer of the Pussycat Doll and now Christian singer. Be right back. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. All right, Kaya, so when you decided to leave the Mm -hmm. Hollywood lifestyle and then you basically decided that you were going to spend the rest of your life using your voice and using, you know, your celebrity status to essentially promote godly values and essentially the conservative message. Did those people formerly that were your friends in Hollywood, did they turn their back on you? Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I had a clothing brand called Hollywood doll and we had just gotten enough excitement like every, every order we had went to buying more shipments. So we, we didn't, we didn't see a profit, right? We were going through growing pains. We had a store that was in LA and they were taking a, a percentage of sales. So we were just making enough to continue re-upping shipment. And we got enough excitement that the airport in Las Vegas wanted to hold uh, the Vegas doll brand. And these were all like t-shirts apparel. It was taking my pain from being a pussycat doll and turning it into something really positive for young women not negative. And, um, they heard I was a Trump supporter and they canceled the order. So oh <laughs> that, my God. It, was that, it was that serious. It was, 
I get this opportunity in the airport. The store in LA says, we want nothing to do with you. We're throwing you out. Any revenue at that point was completely halted. It was a complete loss. And then couldn't re- couldn't even afford to do the order for the airport, which had done a test run in two days and they sold out, which is how we got the initial offer. So it was this trickle effect of being canceled. And it was not, it was not just, you can't sing. It was everything that you are and, and friends too. People that I knew, RuPaul, uh, Ray Latre, different drag queens, because I had helped this movement. I had helped my LGBTQ friends. I had marched for rights. I'd marched for everyone's rights, but my own. Now it was time to speak about what mattered to me and the truth that I felt was happening in this country. And unfortunately I was then demonized as like, well, then you must hate this one and you hate that one. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm just choosing to now speak for me the same way I spoke for veterans, the same way I've spoken out for our military, I've speaking, you know, spoken out for your rights, LGBTQ, FYG, yeah. <laughs> and everything else. So I did that for you too. So. It seems like it, it seems like with Hollywood, right? They are yeah. so openly accepting of the leftist and the progressive messaging. And it seems like even back in 2016 that it started with the cancel culture there. If you were secretly a conservative in Hollywood, you'd basically get blacklisted. Now we see that there is basically, I think this like very open and so sad, too bad mentality from those Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. And even now the Hollywood crossover with politicians. So like just this past weekend, Barack Obama had so many people from Hollywood there with him partying without masks on. Meanwhile, you know, you go to New York and they're actually asking you for papers. I mean, is that like, am I crazy to think that that's completely something that basically spawned out of Hollywood to begin with? It it did. And it has a lot of it has to do with the higher sense of value, the hierarchy that goes on. It's uh, spoken and not spoken. Um, You know, if they don't want you in a nightclub and they're friends with someone who's influential, you won't even be able to enter. I mean, and I'm not kidding when I say just as simple as a nightclub. So think about it if it's a restaurant or if it's someone that's a door guy or someone who's a bartender or someone who's an agent. It it is very click uh, oriented. Yeah. And everyone is servicing the industry. So they tend to move on, you know, well, I don't want to lose this big name. So. I'm going to side with here, but they don't know this. They really don't know the spectrum. A lot of, I went through it when I left the Pussycat Dolls. There was a period where, I mean, I had a lot of people not really want to talk to me, be friends with me. I wasn't of any value to them anymore. Or so they thought, of course, now a lot of those people have circled back and it's kind of hilarious because you're like, wow. So in that moment, it was what was cool. So now they're not cool I'm now cool, apparently, because I'm doing what I wanted to always do. What everyone should do as an artist is be authentic to themselves. And because it's having traction or you think it's trendy, you now are wanting to reach out and be friendly again. But you showed me who you were. And that was in my weakest point. You had wanted nothing to do with me. I had really good friends that no longer called uh, or they wrote horrific letters. I remember my makeup artist who ended up you know, doing everyone's makeup from Beyonce to, you know, Kim Kardashian. I was his first client when he was 19. He had no other celebrities and we got his book built up till he was able to get Paul Abdul, Kathy Griffin, a bunch of other celebrities. And I remember he was going to get his papers because he was basically 19, 
moved here as a baby with his family from Mexico and never got his papers. And he was a great makeup artist. And myself, Paul Abdul, Kathy Griffin, we all wrote these letters to help him get his citizenship. His citizenship. He wrote me the most nasty email. Mind you, I helped this guy get his citizenship and his career started. And the email was, you're disgusting. How could you vote for Trump? Um, I wish you would die. It was, I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible. And it then hit me just like the narrative that they have on what we're about. I think it's shifting now because they're starting to see, oh, you're getting it. <laughs> you're getting well, it. Well, now it's it's like they these people, the Democrats now are not the same Democrats of your no, parents' not. generation. They're, they're so progressive <laughs> and they want total control. And I think that it's really, I mean, people were asking me recently, they say, what are the top issues now for the next election cycle? And I think number one issue is going to be about the vaccine. It's like you have to respect people's choices to put what they are going to put in their body. And I think that also, too, I mean, from a religious perspective, this goes against many people's religious beliefs. And so why is it that you are having now a party push this blanket authoritarian message when in actuality we should be standing up? So, I mean, right now you're currently, I guess, working with even members of Hollywood that left, that gave their heart to Christ and are now sharing that big message. I think people like you are so important because you are really fighting the culture war. And to those people who might not necessarily know what that is, I mean, there is a crossover with how society thinks and is influenced because of Hollywood, because of pop culture. And you are one of those people that chose to actually speak out and say, hey, what they're pushing is not good for our country and it is not good for the moral foundation. I don't want to keep it negative because I do think that there's hope. And I do think, you know, in the Bible, it even says, you know, no man is going to know when God comes back. You just have to be prepared. So what's in your heart right now for like what you feel the best way to help our country is currently pray for our country. I'm not even kidding. When I say the power of prayer is so important, we're asking men to change what is a coldness or a lack of understanding inside of their heart. Only God can change a heart and turn it from a heart of stone, which is cold. I don't care. It doesn't matter to a heart of flesh. And when you have a heart of flesh, some of the things I even said with the shift that happened in me, I now go back and go, that wasn't really nice to say, or that wasn't, I would have said it, but in a different way. And there is a way to get serious change. I would definitely say plug into prayer, pray for our nation and be vocal about what you care about. Um, yeah, it's not just Christians, it's uh, Muslims, Jews, they all don't want this vaccine. Okay. Because we follow biblical principles that tell us what is good and bad for us. We don't really know what's in the vaccine. I have never been anti anything because I've toured all over the world. You are a veteran, you know how that works. We have to sometimes take things that we don't necessarily want to take, but my concern with this vaccine, and it has been from day one is this new variant because it's a virus is a, it's going to constantly mutate because it's constantly looking for a way to survive. That's how viruses work. So you're, so you're not going to just find a way out and poof, it's gone. You know, I do think it's interesting the timing on locking people away when there is, you know, the survival rate on this thing is pretty awesome. I'm not saying that, you know, it's not a serious thing. It is, but to have a 1% that is actually fatal out of this 
when this has been deemed as a global pandemic, we have to take into account people have been committing suicides. Depression is at an all-time high. Abuse has gone up. Drugs. Oh, because you're causing all of, I mean, the mental health alone, this is institutionalization. Anything after 12 months is institutionalization. That's what this is. If you are aware of it, awesome. Uh, get your mind out of the gutter, start figuring out how you can be more effective, whether that be in your community or in your home or however you can get the messaging out. But the truth is, is that we're allowing this to happen. We're actually feeding it and letting it grow by continuing to push the negativity of it. We need to get the proper information out there. There are a lot of scientists that are doing incredible work and we're not even listening to them. And I'm like, what? what is this? What is this? It, to me, it feels, feels very forced. <laughs> it does. I mean, you look at the different platforms of what Trump was saying going into 2020 and yeah. what even the Biden administration was saying going into 2020. And we saw obviously the Biden administration, you know, they talked about unity. There's no unity in this country right now because they're pushing wow. this, but also too, I mean, the fact is, is that people should have a choice. If you've done the research and you think that the vaccine is good for you, then fine. It's up to you. But don't force other people that don't want that. And I think that that's where, I mean, you have this medical freedom movement, you have this religious freedom movement. And I think a lot of people are realizing that the conservative ideology has been smeared. It's been lied about. It's been largely targeted and put down by Hollywood. But when people like you, you know, join the good side, the good, join the good guys. And then you're able to share your messaging to kind of just like with what you went through. I think it really wakes a lot of people up. Um, real quick before we go, I know that you have an incredible job that you actually just got. And so you're out in Orlando and you're singing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I sing, I get to sing at city of destiny. We go live, uh, every week and, um, I get to sing with Jonathan came some journey. Like, I mean, how cool is that? You <laughs> like, Don't stop believing all of that amazingness and pastor Paula white Kane, She always brings an incredible word. And so Uh, We actually have Unleashed coming up, which is a huge conference. Um, It's a three-day event, October 29th to the 3rd of September. So it's going to be super fierce. We're just a lot of, you know, there's Prophet Gideon is coming in uh, from Africa. I mean, like, it's amazing all of the people that are wanting to get the message of the Lord out. So that's what my main focus is. My main focus is singing for the Lord and, you know, helping save souls through the power of Christ because... The end does feel like it's near, but I will say when people are like, oh my God, it's the end times guys, it's always been the end times since Christ ascended. Okay. So the good news is, is you were chosen for such a time as this. It is not a, whoa, I'm here. How cool is it that of all the times you could have been chosen from the time of Christ with his disciples, you were chosen for a very pivotal time. And that means that you're strong, you're tough, you're vocal, uh, you're an impactful spirit on this planet. And um, I, I think he sent his fiercest warriors here at this time. So I definitely think that the mindful change is going to come from the youth. Um, and that's where I want to focus. My time and my energy is with the people, definitely not with uh, the political side or the media side of it, because the people are going to change things. So. Well, I mean, you could not have said that better. And thank you so much for joining us today on Luna Talks. Obviously, you. you're welcome back at any time. Everyone, that was Kaya Jones, yeah. former singer of the Pussycat Doll, now giving her cart to God and honestly doing some incredible things for this nation. So thank you so much for joining us.
Thanks, Anna. Before we go, I want to thank Kaya Jones again for a great interview. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. To hear more of my episode and get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Anna. You can also find me on Getter, Twitter, Parlor, Facebook, and Instagram at Real Anna Paulina. And a special thank you to our producer, Drew Steele, writer Aaron Kligman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.